Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. The Canadian Investor Podcast. Today is June 15th, 2022. My name is Braden Dennis, as always, joined by the great Simon Belanger. We got a fun episode for you today. We're going to talk about some really good performing long-term Canadian compounders. And then, Simone, let's talk ESG. I know that this is a topic we've talked about before, and we're going to talk about you know what we think. And, dude, we are going off limits. We are going – I'm going to go full ramp mode, which is going to – there's going to be some – passion in this conversation yeah we'll, we'll probably hear from a few listeners not too happy with our stance on this but i think it's at least mine i think it's a reasonable stance it's, it's balanced. balanced i haven't seen yours yet so uh you texted me saying it would be you'd be firing and uh, it'd be pretty pretty intense so i'm looking forward to hear it well because the topic is something i actually care about but it's been an absolute clown show in how it's been conducted and we'll get into that. You can kind of tell I'm a little. Uh, I'm not sick. It's just allergy season, man. Oh, the man. pollen, the pollen is absolutely dieseling me. Yeah, I mean, I've been having. I had a day last week where I had allergies. I took two Claritin. Apparently, you're not supposed to take two within a, a 24 hour period or reactive Badass. or whatever it was. <laughs> I didn't know, and I checked the bottles afterwards, obviously. And I was a 12 hour straight sneezing nonstop. I tested three times for COVID negative, and then within an hour, I was perfectly fine. At some point, just randomly, well, the drugs kicked in. Uh, six hours after? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. that's too long. Yeah, yeah. That's too long. All right, let's get into it. A quote I wanted to start today's show with, which I liked quite a bit, is, on the way up, everyone's a genius. On the way down, everyone's an economist. <laughs> We've seen this a lot. Totally seen this a lot. I love this quote, and it, it describes bear markets really well and and bull markets. Yeah, no, I think it uh, it's really good. I mean, everyone's into macro right now. It's a bit crazy. Like even people who aren't in the stock market or investing, they're into the macro. So I think it's a great quote. Yeah, and last year, you know, you're a genius if you bought stocks. Everything went up. Didn't matter what you bought, it went up. All right, my first topic before we get into the ESG chat is I pulled an interesting list of this guy who does research. I think his Twitter is called Long Equity. I don't know. He posts, he posts his blog. And he had this post on Canada. And so what his posts are about are about long-term high-quality compounders, like the businesses that have done really, really well. And he looks at return composition and something called linearity. And there's nothing really to this. This doesn't mean that it's a great stock. It doesn't mean that it's a great business. It just means that the stock chart goes up very consistent. There are not big, large drawdowns. The business continues to compound free cash flows time over time. Very lethargic investor base who just kind of buys the stock and holds on. And so I pulled the list for Canada. And so what it is, is it's measuring 
10-year linearity and it uses R squared. So if you can picture that metric, R squared is how well it matches a certain trend line. And the trend line being up and to the left, like perfect linear trend line. So perfectly straight line on the stock chart would represent an R squared of one. These are all 0.95 and up in terms of 10-year linearity, meaning these stocks just keep going up in a very consistent fashion and don't face huge drawdowns. And so I'm just going to give this list. Apparently, given this metric, some of the best compounders based on performance in Canada. Are you shocked at number one, Simone? No, I mean, you you <laughs> like this one, so I'll let you introduce it. And like <laughs> is probably an understatement. Is... You're in love with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps that's a fair assessment. I hope your girlfriend's uh, listening. <laughs> Oh no, he's yeah, in love yeah. with uh, with something else. I'm in love with I'll tell babe, I'm in love with you, but I'm also in love with a man with a five foot long beard who runs a company called Constellation Software. And and that that guy's name is Mark Leonard. And so the the first company here is Constellation Software, my largest individual equity holding, with a five year linearity of zero point nine nine. What does that mean? It means the stock just goes up. And doesn't face huge drawdowns. Even if you look at this big drawdown, it is holding up extremely well. There's like no volume on this thing. Like no one sells the stock. You know what's really ironic, Simon? There's 21 million shares and they don't issue equity and they don't buy back stock. So since their IPO, there's only been 21 million. And so people make the joke about Bitcoin because there's only 21 million. It's like there's a there's a there's a fixed supply of constellation shares. You better get them because there's only going to be 21 million of them, and so people like maybe to make Satoshi that joke Nakamoto is Mark Leonard. Who knows, dude? <laughs> you heard it here first, dude. Wow. Okay, my mind is blown. That, that that's actually a good theory. Okay, so we got constellation software, waste connections, the garbage roll up. The Scartas systems, the uh, supply chain software, Toromont, which is the construction equipment rental company. Let's see if I can even list what all these companies do. TerraVest Capital, not sure. Canadian Pacific Railway, the railroad, Boyd Group Services, that's the roll-up of uh, auto parts collision repair companies. A sneaky good Canadian compounder. Cargo Jet, the commercial cargo jet company. Brookfield Infrastructure Partners needs no introduction. West Dome Gold Mines, it's a gold miner. Collier's, the real estate brokerage company. Intact Financial, the, the insurance company, they own Bellar Direct as well. Franco Nevada, the Gold Corp. A CN Rail, CGI Group, which is the roll-up of IT consulting. Callian Group? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an Ottawa-based consulting firm. Yeah, Consulting? Yeah. Okay, got it. TMX Group, the company that owns and operates the Toronto Stock Exchange. Brookfield Renewable Partners, no introduction needed. Interrent Real Estate Investment Trust, a sneaky good REIT, actually, if you're looking for residential or apartment REITs. Really good management team over there. And Altus Group. That's the list there. All above 85 points on five-year linearity. The leading performer being Constellation Software. 10-year return of 2,333%. Yeah. No, I think there's all names. I mean, I'm happy to say that the two uh, 
major Brookfield that I own are, are in there. And I'm surprised nice. BAM's not there. But anyways, I'm sure it's probably not that far down from on the list. And then the other one that I'm definitely impressed is Franco Nevada Corp because it is, we talked about that. I did a segment, I think last year about them. And the reason why I really like him is they're a mining, so metal streamer. So what essentially they do is they finance mining companies and in return, they get options to buy gold or other precious metal is also, they will have some oil, they'll back some oil companies as well. And they get to purchase it at very attractive pricing while not having the liability and the expenses of operating the mine. So that's why I really like that business model over a traditional miner. Yeah, it's been uh a really good name and it keeps coming up more and more as one that impresses me that in Kirkland Lake was always another gold one that always impressed me did they get bought or they're like private now Kirkland Lake bought, I thought yeah vaguely I I bought or something yeah I feel like I feel like we may have done them or you did we, them we on did this an episode yeah. about it yeah I think it was you that talked about it. I mean there was an acquisition of some sort I'm not sure if it was them acquiring someone or the other way around yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Agnico. Uh, right, remember this. Agnico and Kirkland merged. Oh, there you go. Remember yeah, this? Yeah, yeah we, did a, we did an episode on this. Okay, Simon, let's, let's peel off the Band-Aid. It's ESG time. Do you want to give a quick primer on what the term means first? Yeah, so ESG, for those who may not be aware, I'm sure you've heard the term ESG before, but what it means is environmental, social, and governance. So the idea behind ESG probably started around two decades ago, approximately, and it was to invest in a, a way that's responsible on those three metrics. It's not been very popular until recently, up until 2018. For example, fewer than 1% of earning calls mention ESG. And then in the span of four years since then, it has increased to 20%. So that kind of gives people a bit of context what's been happening on the ESG front. And between 2019 and today, ESG funds for the asset under management have gone from $1 trillion to $3 trillion, And that's according to Morningstar. That's not very long. No, in a very that's short time crazy. span. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was in the, you know, if you go one decade ago, I don't have the data in front of me because uh, the notes, I just stayed there. But I would say it was uh, most likely under $100 billion, probably way lower than that. Wow. Yep. Cool. So just to continue on that, so in the past few months, there's been more and more people speaking out against ESG or, you know, friend of the show, Elon Musk, uh, because he... Long, long time listener. Long time listener, friend of the show, because he gives us so much content to talk about when there's no, not too many earnings going on. You know, Elon's going to tweet something to give us something juicy to talk about. But he did tweet out, of course, not too long ago that ESG was a scam because Tesla wasn't being included in a top 10 list of ESG companies and ExxonMobil was. SNP was the one who actually published the list and they commented that there were reasons for Tesla not being included, but it does raise some question as to why Exxon, which is obviously in the oil and gas industry, would be on that list. Anything to add before I continue there? I totally agree with friend of the show, longtime listener, Elon Musk. This is this is horseshit. I mean, how can these guys 
We're going to talk about BlackRock and we'll talk about S&P Global today, two stocks I own, ironically enough. But these guys should be embarrassed, man. Like, honestly, they should be embarrassed. The fact that they, they took off Tesla out of their ESG rankings because it didn't meet the social and governance. Meanwhile, you know, they're doing more probably for the environment on a net-net basis than ExxonMobil ever will, ever. Yeah, exactly. And look, I don't know what data SNP was actually using for this list on the social and governance side. And that's one of the issues that I'll talk about is it can be highly subjective. Even, it's a black box, really. Yeah, it's a black box. And even when you look at the, you know, the environmental, the E, you can make a case it's much easier to evaluate, but how they weighed those evaluation will vary extremely widely depending on who does the assessment. So that's one of the big issues. Obviously, SNP, they said that it was more, like you said, related to the SNG here. But on May 31st, uh, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, German police raided offices of asset managers DWS and its majority owner Deutsche Bank. The raid was part of a probe into allegation of greenwashing. This was prompted by a former DWS executive who blew the whistle on the company, making misleading statements about ESG investing. And what's making ESG even trickier for investors is the recent change in stance from governments and asset managers because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. A great example here is governments in Europe who have traditionally been pushing a lot for ESG and especially the environmental part, are adjusting, I'll put that in air quotes, their environmental goals so they can turn to fossil fuels as a way to reduce their dependence on Russian gas. And you can see <laughs> you can see right here how it starts to conflict, right? So they're clearly putting more emphasis here on the social and the governance at the detriment of the environment. And BlackRock, which has been making a big push towards ESG, Larry Fink has been pushing for that for at least three, four years now, I would say, announced that it was likely to vote against most shareholder resolutions that would pursue a ban on new oil and gas productions. And then Vanguard, the other big asset manager, as a just quick note here, BlackRock, approximately $10 trillion in asset under management, and Vanguard around $7 trillion. So Vanguard recently said that it had refused to stop new investment in fossil fuel projects and, and its support for coal, oil, and gas production. So it will not go against these new type of projects or support for, obviously, fossil fuel. The discontinue and support for coal makes complete sense. It's terrible not only environmentally but also for human health and so that makes complete sense to me i like how you put adjusting in air quotes because you know it's so easy to just adjust something based on current events and kind of make something very convenient for you it's like when a company does adjusted ebitda and you look underneath yeah you, you look underneath the hood of the car and you're like these are adjustments that you just made to make it look like you make money. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not real. It's not a real metric. Yeah. And we've talked about accounting principles before, and there are limitations to them. And sometimes adjusted metrics can be very useful. 
but make sure you understand what the adjusted metric is because they will tell you it's this minus that we're excluding this including that they will tell you what it is and it will vary oftentimes from one business to another whichever adjusted metric they're using but just to go back on vanguard they actually said they would not they would not block new investments in fossil fuels, including coal, oil, and gas. Oh, I I, yeah. I interpreted that wrong. No, I, I probably said it wrong. They refused so, to. No, no, yeah. no you, you probably said it right. They refused to stop net new investment. Exactly. Huh. Yeah. That's why it's uh, it's very interesting what's going on right now in the ESG space, especially. It's a show. Yeah, especially if uh, I know a lot of people tend to put more emphasis on the E. So people like those who do, it will probably be a concern here. But yeah, anyways. They just need to separate them out. That's what I think. Yeah, because they... It needs to be E and then S and G. E is, I'm telling you, I used to do this for a living. You can come up with a pretty good estimation. Yeah. Well, I've seen... SG is a black box. Yeah, so I'm, I've seen MSCI, who's a bit like SNP, right? Uh, for people who are not aware, they'll actually do the indexes that will track certain sectors or uh, similar to what SNP will do in, in some parts of its business. And I was recently, actually, I'll talk about that a bit later, but I was looking at the composition of their ESG Canadian index. And it's, uh, I'll just say that it's he- a bit of a head scratcher. I'll say that. Well, it's probably, <laughs> I don't even want to know. Well, I'll let you talk a little bit and we'll get back to it. You'll <laughs> laugh, I, I guarantee you. Okay. Well, we can get into a similar topic here. So I wanted to discuss BlackRock's ESG ETF. And let me, let me, pre- let me preface this with BlackRock is not like this evil YouTube conspiracy that the, the YouTube bros say they are. Like if you look up like, like google like black rock on youtube it's all these youtube bros being like see this guy this is larry fink and he controls the world from the darkness and you're like dun 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 like it's it's not like that they're asset managers (laughs) like of course they own so much of each company because they're managing funds (laughs) like it's just it's just nonsense right now for their esg etf as you hinted at, MSCI, one of the data companies, it's like an S&P company. They manage this index and BlackRock mimics it, okay? And BlackRock's business is to make money, right? They're, of course, they're going to pursue this ESG thing. Of course, it's a new opportunity for more products. They create financial products and collect expense ratios. That's their business. So it is a phenomenal business, all emotions aside is incredibly good compounder BlackRock is. So now that that's out of the way, Simon, are you ready for my rant of pure passion? Go for it. And I'll, I'll bring the, uh, the balance to the force afterwards. Okay, good, 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 good. All right. So this is ticker S-U-S-A, okay? S-U-S-A, SUSA. Their mission of the three, it says on the website, right? I just pulled this today from the website. This is the objectives of the ESG fund, okay? Number one, obtain exposure to a range of large and mid-cap U.S. stocks with leading environmental, social, and governance practices. Okay, sure. Number two, avoid exposure to companies with low ESG ratings and severe controversies. Okay, so again, the ratings are dictating it. 
This is, you know, a group of people who are deciding these ratings, okay? They have some methodology. I think the methodology is a load of crap, but they have some methodology. And number three, they are using it to build a sustainable equity portfolio. Okay, sure, whatever that means. I don't really know what that means, but that's okay. Here it says right under that, in much smaller text, okay? But I, I blew it up for us here. You can see it loud and clear. As part of its investment objective, this fund seeks to track an index that applies the following business involvement screens. So they're trying to screen away these things, okay? Alcohol, civilian firearms, controversial weapons, conventional weapons, fossil fuel extraction, key extraction, okay? Gambling, nuclear power. Nuclear power has made this list. Nuclear weapons, thermal coal power, and tobacco. Okay, sure. A lot of those make sense, okay? You know, you're getting rid of the tobacco, you're getting rid of the sin stocks, right? Makes sense to me. Get rid of thermal coal power. We don't need thermal coal power anymore in 2022. If we can get off it, that's hey, great. It's funny how alcohol, right, is out of there. Tobacco is out of there, but can cannabis is fine. <laughs> but cannabis is fine. Hey, it just you know it just I, I shows the too. subjectivity of this. I think yes. that that's why I wanted to say that. It made me laugh a little yes. bit, but I think that's a perfect example there. It's subjective. Now, for the people listening, I put nuclear power in big yellow writing here because this tells me this small little piece tells me that their objective has nothing to do with results, okay? You and I live in Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada has one of the most impressive, most robust, most reliable, and cleanest, cleanest, lowest carbon emissions per megawatt hour generated in the entire world. Now, there are cleaner grids, like for example, Quebec's grid is all hydropower. But the population is much bigger. If we took just the running water from Ontario, we could do the same thing. But the population, you need more baseload power. The population of the Greater Toronto Area is like 14, 15 million people. You need a lot more power. How do you get there? About 55% of the power is via nuclear. This is how we have achieved a clean, reliable base load of power. By having the Peninsula plant run eight reactors, the Darlington plant out in Bowmanville, Ontario, the Pickering plant, which is retiring soon, which was some of the best Canadian engineering in our history, has been running four reactors. It used to run eight They've been going strong since the 60s. I've been in all of them. I've seen all of them work. I've been in the control room of the Pickering nuclear plant. This is how the province has achieved such clean power. And so I look at something like this and you've completely thrown out, you've looked at this problem which requires engineering and thrown finance graduates at it. Now I'm not chirping finance graduates. I do basic I do fine 
I make a, a financial data company, I have a financial podcast. Like this is this is who I am. But you do you get what I'm saying at Simone? This has no relation to real results. And this is so annoying to me. Yeah, I think the nuclear power is interesting because I I mean, obviously you know this space really well, but I for someone obviously who's on more the outside here. I think the perception of a lot of people comes back to nuclear power and some of the disasters that happen. They're few and yes. far between, but everyone knows about Chernobyl. Everyone knows what happened, I think it was 2011 in uh, Japan with the Fukushima or, yep. yeah, anyways, you know what I'm talking about. And there's been a few Fukushima. other, exactly, a few other ones. And I think the fact that they can be, you know, they can have a major impact on the surrounding area. I think totally the perception of people is that it, it's bad. It's not clean. Totally. I get that. The The risks from a disaster perspective exist. They do exist. Now, Canadian reactors should be used around the world because we use something called Canadian deuterium uranium, which runs H3O, hard water, through the plant for cooling it is some of the best engineering in the pl on the planet. It's a, it's a true Canadian gem of engineering, okay? That prevents a l every disaster that's happened currently couldn't happen with that, given all the redundancies and backup power as well. It's not to say that an a disaster can't happen. It's that the disasters that have happened couldn't happen in our case. I, I hope that clears it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Okay, so let's get through... Now no, I'm off my rant on nuclear power. Let's get through the top 20 names held in ticker SUSA BlackRock's ETF. And this is, I'm assuming, the largest ETF with assets under management. Like, I'm going to go on a whim and say that. It's the one that they tout, and it's BlackRock. So they're the leader. Here's the list, right? Are you ready, Simone? Okay. Apple, and this is in order, Okay. Apple, Microsoft, Google, top three holdings. Okay, so what, like just the mar global market cap? <laughs> like, okay, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Home Depot, Tesla. Okay, I agree with that. NVIDIA, Kellogg, interesting. PepsiCo, Texas Instruments, Adobe, 3M, BlackRock, ironically, ADP, Johnson Controls International, I also agree with that one. That's a good one. Expeditors, WW Granger, Coca-Cola, Alphabet, Class C. Okay, so Google again. Martian McLennan and Waters Corp. I just listed 20 companies that make up one-third of the fund, cumulatively, because it's market cap-weighted, I'm assuming, just looking at this list. Only two of them, I would say, actually, their mission is to create a net ESG positive impact. I believe that's Tesla and JCI, Johnson Controls. They do building automation, energy efficiency type stuff. And so, yeah, this is a complete clown show. The, the rankings don't make sense. The methodologies don't make sense. And so I, I think maybe there's some problems here. Maybe my rant is the real problem is that you can measure E. S and G are a complete black box. Right. And and that may be where I'm getting really hung up. You'll see where I think it just the E also has issues. And I'll I'll tell you a bit okay. more with some of my examples. But my first reaction from this is 
you know, Google, for example, we I think it's a great business, but it does not have the great, greatest governance. I mean, they have like dual share classes where some have, I can't remember the amount of votes. So you can just look at some of these companies and the governance is not necessarily the best. So clearly they did not put a lot of emphasis on that, which kind of goes to your problem of saying earlier, why are these putting being put all together, the ESG as a whole? But that's kind of also the the lens I'm looking at this from. Right. Okay, fair enough. Can I tell you a story about BlackRock? My personal yeah, story with it. BlackRock? Okay. I was working in renewable power for five years about, eh, not quite, just a little less, before working on stratosphere.io full-time. And they really wanted data from me. And since I was the data guy on measuring carbon emissions and some of this stuff, they really wanted data on on how some financing was being used and you know how low interest rate green type financing was using being used to generate positive reduction in carbon emissions which i am so on board with measuring now blackrock really wanted to know this data from me i'm i'm, t- I'm talking like senior vps uh, on these calls and i'm just going to them i'm like okay, this is a massive undertaking for me to find this data. I have to do quite a lot. It is attainable in terms of me coming up with an estimate. I can get you that data. You just need to convince me that you will do anything with it. Just blank, Simone. Just blank. And they're like, oh, well, we just need the data. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with it? They have no idea at that level. Nothing. Nothing. And so, well, these are these are executives of, the, of of BlackRock, and I'm like, if you can convince me that it will make a single difference in the way you model out ESG, I will get the data for you. Nothing, nothing. And so they just wanted the data so it could sit in an Excel spreadsheet for no reason, like just a complete waste of time. And so I just said, no, I ain't getting it for you guys. Unless you unless you can come up with a good case for me to get this data for you, I ain't getting this data for you. And they could not come up with one half decent reason for that. And so that was so it. So the real story of why Braden quit his job and went to Stratosphere.io. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, well, uh, BlackRock told me you're not cooperating. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was just so irrelevant. And this is the problem, right? It's just so irrelevant in terms of like the real work being done to reduce carbon emissions, which I believe is an important thing for the world to be working on. It's just not being treated properly. And this is, it really grinds my gears. And so I am like super pro real action and super anti ESG. And that is a hilarious two things to put together. Now, I'll kind of elaborate on a few things I reference here. So one of the biggest issues like we reference with ESG is that there is no consistency in how they evaluate companies. If you don't believe me, look up the MSCI ESG indices that you actually reference. And there's a lot of funds that you'll see and you'll see names that will literally raise your eyebrows as to why they would be included in an ESG index. And although you can argue like you did that the E 
should be much easier to measure. The application that they put on the funds can vary very widely. So if you look and you pull it up, I have the link here for you, Brayden, and I'll add it to the show notes. So if you look up at the MSCI Canada ESG Focus Index, 15%, one five of the index is in energy with TC Energy and Enbridge being the top 10 holdings. So, you know, it, it's like some real conspiracy shit, isn't it? Yeah, I think the reasoning, <laughs> the reason, the way oh, they, man. I believe, justify that is that if they, the energy sector is so big in Canada that it would be overly concentrated into just a small number of companies. But again, why? Do you want to read these top 10 constituents? Because it just looks like the the TSX 60 top 10 to me. Yeah, with some, minus, with some small, Shopify. Yeah, with some small differences. So yeah, the so top 10, well, basically it's Royal Bank, Toronto Dominion, and I'll just say Royal Bank and TD have about 7.5% each, and Bridge at 6.2. Bank so of that's Nova over Sco- that's over 20 right there. Yeah, that's over 20 right oh. there. Bank of Nova Scotia, 5.4. Bank of Montreal, 4.2. Nutrien, 4.1. Canadian National Rail, 4.1. Brookfield Asset Management, 4. Uh, TC Energy, 3.5. And CP, Canadian Pacific, 3.29. So it is very similar to the index itself. And that, you know, that raises some questions there just to why would you even brand it as an ESG? So it doesn't really make much right. sense because someone may see an ESG fund that doesn't have a lot of knowledge or experience in investing. They might see an ETF. They see this ESG ETF based on the MSCI Canada ESG Focus Index. They don't really right. do their due diligence, which you know we always tell people to do their due diligence, even with ETFs. You, it won't take you as long. It'll probably, you know, within 15 minutes, you can have a good idea of what the ETF is by looking at the fund. Yeah, like packs. the two pager that's on there, you're going to get everything yeah. you need to know. At the very least, but a lot of people actually don't do that. And just having ESG in the title may mislead them in thinking, oh, well, there's no way there's oil companies in here. It's ESG, right? And that's completely offline. And then you get in obviously the S and the G where things can get extremely subjective. The E as well. I mean, yeah. why the hell is it included in an ESG fund, these names? That's a discussion yeah. for another yeah. day. But I'll list off a list of sectors that you did reference a bit earlier where some people may think they're fine investments and other would not touch them with a 10-foot pole. And it will vary again from different funds so tobacco cannabis alcohol you mentioned the one that you know tobacco and alcohol were not good but cannabis was fine apparently according to them yeah, according yeah, yeah just whoever you talk to right <laughs> and then gambling then obviously weapon manufacturers controversial weapons defense whether you know a lot of people don't want to invest in defense stocks i don't believe that was excluded from the one from blackrock i didn't see that excluded like lockheed martin type mm-hmm. company i don't think that would be excluded yeah and for a lot of people 
it's not right to invest in those companies depending on what your values are and, and some people think it's it's actually fine. a great thing exactly yeah because they think that it's important to protect the country or whatever right like there's different views the world is not black and white yeah and the last one here adult entertainment companies so that would be another one where some people would probably say you know it's better to invest in these kind of companies than being it on the black market where people can be exploited so you can make a case you know and some other people would never touch that with a 10-foot pole my point is just being like you said a lot of the social and governance can easily conflict with the environmental aspect and if we go back to the fossil fuel from europe's going to to not be over reliant on russia that's a perfect example there and clearly they are putting more emphasis on the social and governance and you know, it comes to mind if he, yes, the social and governance is so important for Europe and Western nation, why not have similar approaches with China, Saudi Arabia, who both have very poor human rights track records, but many countries will overlook that because they need oil from Saudi Arabia and they need cheap goods or chips coming from China or Taiwan. Obviously, that's uh, closely. What do you think to- Apple does all their business? The number one weighted holding in BlackRock's ESG ETF, Apple Apple Incorporated. Exactly, and yeah, it's just you can see how they're really picking and choosing. Like clearly, you know, it's not. You know, it's not great what Russia did by invading Ukraine. And obviously we condemn that. But, you know, a Saudi, like I said, Saudi Arabia is, does not have a great track record. Obviously, they haven't invaded, you know, someone recently. But, you know, you can make a case that they're not. There are some some valid questions to be asked there from an ESG lens. It's the same questions why, like, the people, I'm going way off track here. I'll make this quick. But why people are upset about uh this new golf league. Oh, yeah. The Live That's Golf right. League, yeah. trying to snipe all the players using uh, the Saudi Oil Capital Fund or whatever it's called to pay for all these players to come over. It's like, oh, really? Come on, man. Sell it. There's been uh, researchers at MIT and the University of Zurich who found that ESG rating agencies, so an MSCI or SNP, other agencies like that, have a very weak correlation between that when they do ESG ratings. So that means that one agency's rating will differ greatly from another because if they were actually aligned, their correlation would be much closer. And depending on what criteria the fund uses to establish ESG rating, you'll most likely have a concentration in certain sectors. And that's one of the big risks of ESG. If they're actually, you know, that MSCI Canada index that we were talking about, if they were truly on the environmental aspect, you would definitely see some sectors being extremely overweight. And they are already very overweight on financials when you're looking at the index. And to me, look, there's nothing wrong trying to invest in companies with an ESG lens, but I think the best way to do it is actually trying to do the work yourself and applying your own values to it and find, you know, companies that actually suit your vision or your values. Obviously, it will be hard sometimes to find some of the data. It won't necessarily be easy. 
but I think that's the simplest way to do well simplest that's the cleanest way to do it no pun intended here because you'll actually be checking out the businesses yourself checking their track record on the environmental side the social side the governance sides and making sure that aligns with your views because we just showed it if you pick an ESG fund chances are that it won't meet your definition of what ESG should be. Right. Like it's it's actually a lot easier to do that with picking individual equities in a portfolio. Like it's actually so much easier to do that yourself than buying one of these funds because the basket of, of stocks in there, you're going to find something you don't like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll probably be more work for you, but you'll oh, know. Totally. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. More work. But you'll know that there's a much greater chance that the companies are actually, you know, have share your vision of the world because at the end of the day it's your vision of the world right if you're investing based on those values right and maybe maybe i need to think about this because i own s&p global i think it's probably one of the highest quality compounders in the world and i just roasted blackrock here they're just literally their business is asset management and if they see an opportunity for investors to come in they're like hey we're just tracking msci and s&p's ratings those are the companies that I think have a large responsibility here. Like BlackRock's just going to make money. Like, you know, they're like, okay, I'm going to follow yeah. MSCI's rating guides, raise these funds and make money. And I'm like, I, sure, I would do the exact same thing. But these ratings companies like MSCI and S&P Global have a real part here. And I own one of them. And so I, I'm like, what the hell? These guys need to do better. Yeah, I think there's blame to share here because I think BlackRock definitely has some blame because if they wanted to really push for something and say you're going to have to be more thorough on your your ratings and change the way you rate them with that many asset under management they have some pull I'm pretty sure SNP listens when BlackRock says something I'll just say that and same thing for MSCI and same thing for uh, Moody's right so like BlackRock has a lot of weight with them so that's why I think they all have a role to play so I won't be as hard as you I'll be a bit harder on BlackRock (laughs) (laughs) fair enough you know what I think it's true I own Moody's and S&P Global and you know this uh, ESG business is a big, it's a big growth lever for them to go into, foray into a new market of data and analytics and ratings. This is their business. It's ratings. They, their business is ratings. Yeah. And you know what this kind of reminds me a little bit is, you know, with the Nikola and like all this, you know, as soon as it was EV, like the stock would be yeah. way up. So yeah. you'd have these companies yeah. with no business model that would just say, oh, we're an EV company and then their stock would right. be way up. And I think this is happening a little bit in the space where you have these funds that are, you know, branding themselves as ESG because they're like, yeah, that's what the the retail investors or the institutional investors want. So we're giving to them what they want, even though it's not really what they want. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's true. I mean, it, the market's going to go the way that the customers are signaling that they want it to. And right now, it's, I guess, has just gone to give me a basket so I can feel good about it. Yeah. Give me a basket of what you say meets your requirements so I can buy it and feel good about it. 
And so that these like robo advisors also can say, you want to invest in this clean, green, and we're awesome. Just like wearing a t-shirt that says I'm nice on it, you know, like those kinds of investments. And it's all broken, man. Yeah. It's all broken. Yeah, I think our rant for people to, you know, don't take what we're not saying here. I think it's great that there's people who want to invest in environmentally responsible totally. companies that have a good social impact on the community, on the world, and good governance in place. But what seem, what's pretty much happening is that they're lying to you. That's what it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue. That's our problem is that they're not being truthful with the companies that they own. They're branding them at something that they're not. That's exactly it. Yeah, you just put you just put how I'm feeling in, in a very elegant way. And I appreciate that because you're right. It, don't hear what we're not saying. We're, we're huge proponents of this. If we weren't, we wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like I would just say, oh, look at this. BlackRock's making their money. Good for them. You know, like I... I wouldn't even trigger me, but we, we actually care. Thank you so much. Like, honestly, dude, the show, well, a couple things in the, in the works, I guess, on the show. We have some plans to make some new shows, and you're going to hear some, some more content about that. So if you're a big listener of the show, we are going to have more shows. <laughs> Not more episodes of this show yet. Or maybe ever, not not hosted more, by us, so don't worry. Yes. You won't have to bear with us for. <laughs> yeah, you, that's right. Yeah, we'll put you out of it. There's going to be more Canadian focused investing content coming from us as a company. Is that fair to say without giving too much away? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's good. It's going to be Canadian focused. It's going to be on other types of investing. There, I think that's uh, some other time. Yeah, Good. things that I we like don't that. touch on as often, and we probably don't know as well as us other people in that space. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and hint, Canadians love this just in general. Yeah. So I think that you know more details to come very soon. We're you know just a few weeks away from from being able to tell you what's going on. And I think you guys are going to love it. And it'll give you more content specifically for Canadians. It's going to be right up your alley. If you like this show, if you're a longtime listener of the show, which I know many of you guys are, this is going to be right up your alley. JoinTCI.com is our Patreon to support the show. A lot of work goes into these shows. And we really appreciate that you go over there. And uh, you get two things. You get a shout out from us at the beginning of the episodes, which we do you know, every two or three episodes or so. And you get to see me and Simone's stock portfolio updates. I guess just whole portfolio updates, actually. Yeah, I'm just uh, the whole portfolio and then what moves we've done for the month. Yeah. So I think it's good. And especially right now, I think a lot of people are feeling the the bear market that we're in, whether it's stocks in general. Crypto, obviously, has been uh, has some pretty massive pullbacks, especially if you're dabbling in cryptocurrencies that are not uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So a lot of uh, a lot of movement there, but I think just to see that we're feeling the that too, like we're not immune to yeah. that. But just look at a literally Google the company stock chart and uh, extrapolate that as my whole portfolio. It pretty much looks like that. Yeah. Oh, not sorry. <laughs> that the return on a yeah, on a recent yeah, yeah. on, on a recent, recent times. Yeah. If I if it was if it was zoom out the full way, I would be on a beach somewhere kicking it back. 
Yeah, and you can see what we're not doing. We're not panic selling too, right? So even though we're experiencing yeah. these drawdowns like pretty much everyone else is unless they're all invested in uh, in energy at this point, you can see that yeah, exactly. what we're doing, how we're reacting or not reacting. I think not reacting may be the best term there. Thanks so much for listening. Stratosphere.io is my company. Simone is a very key partner and investor in the company as well, stratosphere.io. We have 10 years of financial statements for you, industry comparison. Think of like a Bloomberg in the web app or like Yahoo Finance on absolute steroids for the price of Netflix. Well, it's free, but you get everything for the price of Netflix. So it's like a freemium type thing. That is stratosphere.io. The spelling is like the layer of the atmosphere. Dude, did I tell you about the Reddit thing when I searched up like uh, Reddit reviews for Stratosphere? No. And the one guy's like, hey, I was just wondering what you guys think of. I love the podcast. <laughs> and there's like a bunch of comments being like, what do you mean? What do I think about the atmosphere? Like, <laughs> like, because the Stratosphere is the second layer yeah. of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're going to need to be a little bit more specific I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no opinions on the second layer of the atmosphere. <laughs> I, I knew it was a part of the atmosphere, but aside from that, I'm not. You know, I like universe and solar system shows as much as the next person, but and that's that's the end of it. I'll leave that to the uh, what astronomists, yeah, <laughs> astrologers, like the uh, the people who tell you what month you're born in. Is that it's astrology? Astrology, right? yeah, yeah. I always—that's like why I hesitated. I always mix up the two. Astro astronomy and astrology. Uh, that is hilarious. Okay. Th the Canadian Investor Podcast should not be taken as investment or financial advice. Braden and Simon may own securities or assets mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment or financial decisions.